in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me as always is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hi, <laughs> Art. Oh. <laughs> hey, it's good to be here. Hey, oh, geez. Andy. I was just uh I was just reading through my uh-huh. uh Sunday morning newspaper over mm-hmm. here, checking out some of the funnies. Oh, were you? Uh have you ever heard of this uh little comic strip called Garfield? I think it's called. I was gar- Garfield by someone. Years ago, in my uncle's basement, he garfiled me. It's the reason I hate Mondays. <laughs> I got stuff full of hot lasagna. <laughs> it was a Monday. You garfiled me. I got garfiled. Hey, Andy, you're a fucking weird little dude. You fucking weird little creep. Fucking piece of shit. You burden. You fucking burden on my life. Fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Huh? You're a weird little fucking guy who won't trade with me when it comes to fantasy football. Oh, God. Huh? I'm getting called out beefers. Yeah, you are fucking big time. I don't give a shit about this episode, man. I'm going to fucking call you out, you piece of shit. I, I fucking, tried. I fucking give you a, a fucking great trade for two equally valuable uh, fucking positions. One I think you need, one that I needed, and then uh, what do I get back? I get, oh, hey, Andy, here's a great player. I think it'll be a really smart trade. Let's do this. It's going to be really fun. We could both help each other out. What do I give it? Oh, well, actually, Art, well, uh, I refuse to take Ravens players. How about this as a trade-off? You give me your number one pick and your one of your star players, and I'll give you dog shit and a tight end that you don't need, who's injured, I think, and playing for the, for the Cowboys. I was giving you the player you were asking for, plus... <laughs> I was thinking an injured. I also actually I also don't take Steelers players. An injured player off your bench. Yeah, I don't take Steelers or Ravens players. I won't apologize for that. Oh, bug bookers, what a burden it I is. I support I su- What a burden it is. I support a classy organization, the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> that being said, talk about I, a terrible towel. I am open to trades the for Sean Watson's towel. There's a terrible towel. <laughs> Yikes! What a rapist! He he garfiled quite a few people. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, after I just had to call out Andy there, bunk bunkers, because uh, that happened this week and uh, traumatizing. He garfiled me over text. His bullshit trade. Hey, and afterwards I said hacha hacha hacha. <laughs> That's true, you did. Um. Bugbuckers, today's topic has absolutely nothing to do with football or Garfield. Uh, it has everything to do with music. Yeah. You love music. I love music. I would like to know, 
Okay. Who are the people that don't like music? There's got to be somebody out there who doesn't enjoy music. Whenever somebody says, I love music, it's like, hey, of course you do. Of course you do. I love breathing. Yeah. It's like, I love beautiful art. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like I love, I love something that makes me feel good. It's like saying, I love sunshine. Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, very true, Andy, but I'll tell you what, I think the person who suggested today's topic definitely loves music. At least I have to assume so because they suggested this topic comes to us from from a from a patron of the show, a proud long, patron, longtime bunk funker. This is from Evan Hahn. Evan Hahn. Evan Hahn. Longtime blimper. That's right. Loves blimps. Can't get enough blimps. Can't get enough blimps. Uh, actually, wrote into us uh, with a very intimate story about traveling in a luxury dirigible. <laughs> yeah. That was playing beautiful chamber music. Uh-huh. Uh Had a full orchestra. Wow. In the blimp. That's crazy. What an airship. And I think ride. that was Evan Hahn that wrote that email and not a dream I had yeah. after getting hit in the head, falling asleep <laughs> immediately. I do that a lot. You do do that a lot, Andy. But hopefully, I mean, today's topic doesn't uh, throw you for a loop because it's uh, heavy on the music theory. Yeah. It's the conspiracy that, uh, how to put this, that that the standard tuning of 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 middle A, the middle A note by which the rest of the instrument is usually tuned uh, within some variance of that. That frequency is is it was standardized for nefarious reasons, multiple nefarious reasons, and that actually the true tuning of middle A should be 432 hertz and not the standard tuning, which is 440 hertz. Wow. Now, up front, sounds like a very math-heavy, theory-heavy topic. But, sounds very egghead-ish. But trust me, Evan, this is a great topic. Thank you for submitting it. And Bunkfuckers, you're going to enjoy this one. There's a lot of fun history. I can of- already predict it. I know what's going to be in here. Yep, we're gonna do. We're gonna have a callback to our very first episode, MK Ultra. <laughs> I can feel it. Oh well, that's Andy's prediction. Let's uh, we'll see the over under on that one, Bunkfuckers. That's but, my um, now, Bunkfuckers. You can't see this, but I've got a comically oversized padlock. That prediction is my lock of the week. <laughs> Please put that down. That belongs on the front door. The front door is swinging wide open. Yeah. Now anybody can get into the big bunker. feets are getting in. <laughs> There's big feats everywhere. Uh, Bugbuckers, if you can't wait to get to today's topic, of course, as always, you can find the show notes uh, and there's a timestamp that uh, gets you close enough uh, within a couple of frequencies. Look, if you can't bear hurts, if you can't bear 30 seconds of hearing us talk about something other than the topic, you've already blown it by sitting this long. I mean, it's not 30 seconds, though, to be fair. Okay, well, (laughs) whatever. We got to tell you how we got captured this week. No, no, I mean... From the timestamp, oh. it's like only going to be off by yeah. like 30 seconds. Right. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, we don't know. Scrub ahead and back. You'll figure it out. Until <laughs> so you hear the... Look, we help those who help themselves. We do help those who help themselves. That's a pretty good impression of that bump music. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it sounded like that. I don't remember what it sounds like. I don't know music. I don't know what hurts or frequencies is, but maybe from today's topic, we can figure it out. I know what hurts love. Love hurts. Love scars. Uh, love wounds and Mars. Uh, Every hey, heart. Hey, Andy, speaking of cars. Oh, speaking of, I said Mars. Oh. I don't, I don't, I really don't listen. I and kinda, I said scars. You know, I tune out your frequencies. But speaking of music, there. you know what, uh, Beefers? There are a lot of, in the past, there's been a lot of music created for charitable causes. Right. Um, we are the world. Mm-hmm. That's all I can think Band-Aid. of. Band-Aid. 
Band Aid. What was it? Farm Aid. Farm Aid. Um, AIDS. <laughs> AIDS. Uh, Concert for AIDS. World Aid. Did you say that one already? World Aid. No. There's been a lot of music. Created the benefit for Mr. Kite. For the benefit of Mr. Kite. <laughs> little, little known fact. Mr. Kite was actually suffering from a debilitating <laughs> disease. Yeah. He had Guillain-Barre syndrome. Wow. There's a poll. Uh, so there's been a lot of music created for charitable purposes. and So many charitable Probably purposes. the most, I would say, if you, if you look through history. Look through it. And you say, what is the most famous piece of music ever created for a charitable purpose? Yeah. I think it undoubtedly comes back to the 1877 Cars for Kids jingle. 1877 Cars for Kids. K A R S Cars for Kids. 1877 Cars for Kids. Donate, Donate your, your car today. today. It's a great song. Is that nationwide or is that Chicago only? Oh, that's nationwide, wow. baby. That goes everywhere, all over the place. I probably should have known that considering what we did today, this wow. week. I mean, that that jingle was written for a charitable cause. It was. And Art and I, we are charity doers. We are philanderers. Oh, big time. We I philander up and down the street. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm being told it's it's actually philanthropists. Huh? Philanthropists. Uh, I don't think Not that's philanderers. Right. Where'd you hear that from? Oh, I'm Idiot. sorry. That was from our producer, Nick Simon. <laughs> I don't trust that guy. Yeah, hey. Anyway, we're big time philanderers. Oh yeah, I've philandered all up and down the street. We love philandering. Late night philandering. And we got asked, because we're big time celebs, if we would help with a answer phones at one eight seven seven cars for kids for we a telethon. Did, uh, we did a uh, a little telethon thing. So you know, you're familiar with the basic telethon setup. There's a big long infomercial on TV. They have some celebrity host. Um and there's people in the background answering phones, taking donations. We were in the way, way, way back. We were in the way back. They put us really far back. Right. We're not as, I mean, we're not the biggest celebs, but <laughs> we are big time celebs. <laughs> we were share, We were just proud to, you know, this, the show was hosted by Seth Rogen. Yeah. And we were proud uh, to share the calling dais with um, Cher. Hathaway, Cher, um, Let's see. There was also uh, Brad Sheldon. What's his name? Shelton. Gwen Stefani. Brad Sh- uh, Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton. Gwen Stefani. Adam Levine. Stuffed Crusty. Pharrell. The panel of the voice. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. Um. Uh, Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. Randy. Randy Jackson. Paul Abdul. Paul Abdul. Heidi Klum. Heidi Klum. Howie Mandel. Mandel. I mean, they were big time celebs. Oh, the big time celebs. All All your favorite stars. (laughs) Kids love them. All the biggest stars you can think of. Answering phones. Answering phones for 1877 Cars for Kids. And, you know, the basic premise of 1877 Cars for Kids, which, by the way, if you look into it, is one of the most honest charities. Is it? No, but it's... (laughs) For purposes of this bit, it is. It does really a lot of good work. Great. I'm glad we supported a great cause. Great transparency in all their financials. And <laughs> the thing about 1877 Cars for Kids is that. Great jingle. They You donate a car 
Yeah. And then they let uh, orphaned children drive the car <laughs> to get around. So it basically turns children into cab drivers, which teaches them responsibility, helps give them financial security. And and gives them cute cute little outfits. Right. They give them they start the, smoking cigarettes early. They get started early. Everything you want in a cab driver. Right. They learn how to install a plexiglass plate between you and the passenger. They learn how to always say that the credit card reader is broken, but they'll scratch, they'll write it down on a piece of paper. They learn about the most lingering sense of cologne to wear. <laughs> you know, the types of cologne that even though you put them on hours ago, they still smell very strong. Right, right, right. Really is a great cause. And so we were there manning the phones. And I got to tell you, bunk funkers, some fucking weirdos are calling up these telethons. I mean, we got we got a really prime slot. We're on from 2.30 to 5 a.m. on the 24-hour telethon. This is the this is a prime spot. A lot of people see these infomercials on late at night, and they realize they've got lots of cars sitting around their property. That run fine. We would get people calling up being like, uh, so, uh, yeah, so I uh, exchange a car and then I get a kid, right? I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, I, I hung up, I hung up a meeting. It's like, it's like, Heidi Klum, there's a bunch of fucking pedos calling Heidi Klum. What the fuck are these pedos? And she was like, she was like, stop talking to me. Your breath stinks. She said, and I was like, she said, what? <laughs> What are you saying? Hello, it's me, Heidi Klum. What are you saying, Art? It's like, Heidi Klum is pedos. He's fucking pedos. <laughs> We're pedos. Calling about exchanging a car for... I said, you not. You don't exchange a car for a kid. You donate a car to a kid, and then you... I don't know what you get. In, you, you get, get a, a tax write-off. You get a tax write-off and a tote bag. Yeah. Commemorative tote bag with my face on it. Right, and then every month, every month, Cars for Kids will send you a picture of your child driving their cab. You basically, you sponsor a kid, you could get him like a full, you get him a full fucking car. Right. Right. So I was getting a bunch of those fucking weirdos calling me, a bunch of people sitting there trying to talk to me about fucking cars, being like, wow, they're trying to hardball me. Trying to play fucking hardball with me. Right. Being like, well, I've got a Camry, you know, it's it's still got it's got about nine thousand miles on it, and I was like, okay, that's a lot of miles. I don't know if we want that. And I was like, what year is it? He's like, well, it's like a twenty twenty one Camry. It's got only like a, it's got nine thousand miles. It's still under warranty. And I was like, ugh, that sounds awful. I said, I don't think we want that. That sounds like a horrible car. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Simon Cowell. I'm like, I don't know jack shit about fucking cars. And he's like, Art, don't you know that? Oh, they, which side of the street do we drive on in this country? It's like, like, Jesus Christ, Simon Cowell. I'm sure if people were trying to donate Baby Gap shirts, he'd be like, oh, I know exactly what to get. But cars, the guy doesn't know anything about cars. I don't know anything about cars. He doesn't know anything about cars. Yeah, that's the worst is when these people donating their cars try to hardball you. <laughs> try to hardball me. <laughs> hardball he's like, well, you. I've got a Mazda. 28, 2018 SUV. It's really reliable. It's never been in an It kind of sounds like they're just giving you information about the cars. Well, I call them Car Fox. Yeah, the Car Fox was there too. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was like Car He Fox. was co-hosting with Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen and the Car Fox. 
Big draw. Yeah, the Geico Gecko was uh, leading the band. Oh, great fucking band segments. But hey, over the course of the night, Art and I, personally, each one of us, managed to get one donated car. (laughs) We did. Each. I mean... You got one half, I got the other. You know, you got <laughs> this guy had two halves of a car. He didn't know where the other half was. We pieced, we did like a little scavenger hunt. We were calling yeah. up all these auto body shops. Yeah. But we're trying to find the other half of this fucking car. We found it. It was a Volvo. Yeah. We got a bright pink Volvo. A bright pink 1988 Volvo. Wonderful. I said, oh, fantastic. I turned away all those hardballers who were trying to. Donate fucking these like newer cars with all these. I mean, nine thousand miles. Can you imagine driving a car with nine thousand miles? That thing's about ready to break down. Jeez, wish, wish. It's time to replace your car at ten thousand miles. Jeez. Do you know how many miles ten thousand is? That's a lot of fucking miles. Can you I walk? Even, I wouldn't even walk. Them. I wouldn't walk ten thousand miles. I wouldn't even walk ten thousand more. Yeah. If I could meet the man who would walk five thousand miles and then walk five thousand miles more, I'll tell you what. I would give that guy an award because uh. that's a lot of miles. <laughs> so luckily we found this amazing. I didn't ask about the mileage because, I mean, two, two halves of a car. That's basically, I mean, that's What incredible. were the chances? What were the chances? What Serendipity. The chances? Serendipity. So we get one pink Volvo. We made one new taxi driver out of an orphaned child. Duct tape that motherfucker it together. It feels so good. Ugh. And so to at, give back. Oh, God. Doing charity work, it just feels so good. It's just instant so gratification. Good. We're so fucking cool. Yeah. I don't even think how about the kids. Us, I just dude. think about how good charity work makes me feel. Yeah. So, and I love, oh my God, we got to post so many social media clips oh, of us doing charity God. work. So many Instagram and posts. just, I mean, the best part is when you do it for the content, dude. Right. For the fucking content. That's right. what it's all about, baby. Got to yeah. feed that beast for the fucking content. Dude. Right. I got a great, like, you know, real of me and Howie Mandel next to each other at the yeah. urinals. Plus, I got to sniff Gwen Stefani's hair, and that was fucking amazing. Yeah. It smells like peaches. Oh, my God. And then I got to I got to eat fucking stuffed crust pizza with Blake Sheldon. Blake Sheldon brought bacon stuffed crust pizza. Oh, my God, and he was pointing at it. Yeah, he just kept pointing at it. That point he does. <laughs> Incredible pointing. I said, I said to him, I actually said to him, I said, you got to quit music and get into the pointing game. I mean... If he if he would become a professional pointer, his career would take off. Yeah, then he'd really. He's be not like, doing too bad right now. He's doing okay. He's married to Gwen Stefani, who's probably one of the most beautiful celebrities in the world, and successful. And he's very and she's very successful. And you know, he's got a couple of fucking. Uh, got a couple of hits. He wrote a couple of songs that Toby Keith sang. Or something. Yeah, yeah, some stupid bullshit songs. But it's like, dude. But it's like, as a person in his own right, he's not really successful. No, he just makes a lot of good decisions in his personal life. Pointing, if he was though, a pointer. Oh my god. Oh my well, we got to meet the Cars for Kids management team. We did yeah. so good. Yeah, we did so good. We got to meet the Cars for Kids management team. Um, I mean, there was Mr. Uh, Cars, the CEO of Cars for Kids. Mr. Cars. Mr. Cars. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, the whole management team wanted to thank us because we really did a lot of good work. And they wanted to give us a big old medal that looked like a big old steering wheel. Yeah, I thought it was full of chocolate. But it was actually full of spider eggs. <laughs> it was a metal made of spider eggs, which should have been the first red flag. 
Uh, but maybe we thought, okay. But I don't speak semaphore, so I have no idea what a red flag means. What am I? I, I, I a boat captain? No, I'm cars for kids. This is in boats. This is in boats for teens. That's a different charity. <laughs> That's a different charity. And ATVs for adults. <laughs> That's a different charity. And and trains for geriatrics. Well, you know all the charities. <laughs> Retired buses for newborns. That's a different charity. <laughs> this is cars for kids. This is cars for kids. So we got to meet the management team. and Turned into kind of a kind of a debacle to be honest with you yeah so they put that, that steering wheel there was a bunch of spider eggs a bunch of fucking spider eggs and then um you know they said oh you know it's really cool we want to do a segment where you seth rogan and the car fox all deliver the car that you guys helped stitch locate the two pieces to the two halves to and then duct taped you get to donate it to the kids yourselves it's like you guys uh we'll just put you in the car and so we go oh okay so we go backstage and then they put us in the car and it's dark and you know the, the like all the producers, and we're like, okay, like when's the when's the thing gonna start? And we're sitting there for like a half hour, me and you, just waiting for Seth Rogen and the Car Fox to show waiting. up. Waiting, and then we get out, we step out of the car, which of course then immediately fell apart because we didn't do a good job duct taping it. I mean, we're not mechanics here. We're not fucking mechanics. And uh, we were in the bunker. Yeah. Turns out, um, Mr. Bunker is the entire. 1877 Cars for Kids organization. We weren't sniffing Gwen Stefani's hair. We were sniffing Mr. Bunker's hair. That wasn't Heidi Klum. That was Mr. Bunker. Actually, all the celebrities were played by Mr. Bunker. I should have known. Including the Car Fox. I should have known. I should have known Howie Mandel wouldn't stand next to me at a urinal. Not without. He always appears with that glove trick he used to do on his head. Yeah. He did start doing that Bobby's World voice, though. Oh. Thought he was, like, making his penis talk like it. Mm. It sounds like a little kid. See, that would have fooled me. Yeah. He beat on me. <laughs> but I guess it was just Mr. Bunker. Fuck! Well, put that back on your bucket list. Howie Mandel taking a piss on your chest. Get man. a golden shower from Howie Mandel. I mean, man. big time bucket list. Man. I've been trying so hard to knock off some of these celebrities, like the intersection between my celebrity worship and my scat fetish. And I'm telling you, it's so hard. It's dude. so hard. It's such a hard thing for you. It's like, I feel bad for you. It's like, I missed my chance yep. with Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth taking a dump on my chest. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen at this point. You're never getting in that casket. Or to the royal toilets. Yeah. It's tough, bunk, bunk fuckers. It's tough out there, bunk fuckers, for us. But you know what? I think, irregardless of of how we... I think we did a great job. I think if there are actual charitable organizations out there that do want our help, we're great at a telethon. I'm great at playing hardball with some of these fucking auto fucking salesy people who keep trying to push bullshit cars on you. And I'm great at... Telling pedos to go fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off, pedos. Fucking weird ass person. Bart's got a real talent. I tell him to fuck right off. We don't play that shit. Andy and I are great at a telethon. So we're we're big time philanderers. If you need We philander left and right. If you need philanderers, 
Call us. Philander your mom. Yeah. Call us up. We'll come over. Philander your whole family. Philander your whole fucking family. We don't give a shit. Right. We love philandering. Well, speaking of philandering, Andy, we got some philandering to do today. Um, and again, we're very flattered. We're not philandered, but we're flattered to uh, from uh, we're flattered that Evan, Evan Hahn suggested such a great topic. This is a fun one. This is the 440 hertz, 432 hertz music conspiracy here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. Bunkfuckers, music. Maybe you've heard of it? But I'm sorry to drop this bombshell on you, beefers, but music, all music, is a lie. <gasps> it's wrong. What the fuck? It's not correct. It's true, Andy. And according to today's topic, there's a theory out there that allegedly some nefarious people have purposely fucked up the standard tuning of all music in order to cause mind control and potentially turn all music enjoyers into military weapons. Oh, no. That's right. Not military weapons. But hey, maybe you out there, maybe you bunk funkers aren't familiar with music. Well, luckily, Andy and I are here to help with a brand new segment, Bunk Karaoke. He's into crazy conspiracies, cryptids, and UFOs. We can't make deductions to where he's hiding in the shadows. He's into bizarre abductions, new tricks every day and night. He's got disguise instructions, so strange they give you a fright. Make you take your clothes off and go dancing in the rain. He'll make us pot his crazy theories, but bumbuckers enjoy our pain. This pot's like a bullet to the brain. Come on! Upside, inside out, we're living La Vida Bunker. Two cool Chad co-hosts living La Vida Bunker. His lips hold a cigarette and his shirt stained with cheeseburger. <laughs> This pod will wear you out. Live in La Vida Bunker. Live in La Vida Bunker. We're living La Vida Bunker. All right. That's music. That was a new segment. Bunk Karaoke. Uh, let us know if you think you have a song you'd like to be Bunk Karaoke at MrBunkerPod at gmail.com. That's music. That's music. Now that's baby. what I call music. Right. 69. Anyway, bugfuckers, today's topic comes down to one simple. I did not tell Andy that that was happening either. That was not planned. But I wanted it was to, planned. I wanted to be surprised. It was planned, but I didn't know it was planned. It's true. Uh 
the belief that the standard tuning of the A note in music was standardized to 440 hertz instead of 432 hertz for nefarious reasons and not a reason rooted in real music theory. Now, we'll explain the egghead music theory behind this in a moment. But what claims generally are these 432 believers making, Andy? Get this. Many online sources claim that 432 hertz is believed by some to be the beat of the earth with healing effects. Moreover, they claim that 432 hertz is linked to the earth's heartbeat or Schumann resonance. The Schumann resonance. <laughs> I've been to the Schumann residence before. You ever put your Had ear- a lovely dinner party there at the Schumann residence. Resonance. Oh. Um... You, well, you might be familiar with this guy. An egghead physicist, Winfried Otto Schumann, identified in 1952 that the Earth acted as a resonant cavity, cavity when lightning strikes occurred between the Earth's surface and the ionosphere, and these measured electromagnetic waves in the ELF band around 8 hertz. 7.83 hertz, to be exact. Oh. Which, I think, yeah. I mean, yada, yada, yada. Fucking some actually fundamental egghead science that I don't fucking understand. I mean, I don't know. I don't think you do either, but... No, no. 8 hertz by, is believed to be the frequency by which Earth... Like, like the way that the Earth rings. Like, the Earth's wavelength is 8 hertz. If I, if I could strike the outside of the Earth like a bell... Yeah. The resulting sound would be 8 hertz? Sure. Okay. Let's just say that. Okay. NASA uh, characterizes it as repeating atmospheric heartbeats. And this Schumann theory is used to actually track global lightning activity and temperature variations. Wow. I know. That's actually pretty fucking sweet. I mean, can you imagine if your job title was Lightning Hunter? <laughs> that's probably not what it is in reality, but it will be if NASA ever lets me run their fucking organization, and they should. I saw those videos on uh, Bang Bros, Lightning Hunter. <laughs> They're tracking down lightning. Having sex with it. Having sex with the Earth, and it resonates at 8. Eight hertz. Eight hertz per minute, or whatever, per second. Um, anywho, these four... Eight hertz at first, but eventually it feels good. <laughs> these 432 proponents believe this eight hertz, the Earth's heartbeat, resonates sympathetically with music tuned to A equals 432 hertz. How they got there? Some kind of significant number sequence, numerology, I guess, essentially. Like, if you multiply it by a certain number sequence, it gets you to 432 hertz. Or you divide it by this and this thinking number. Uh-huh. Not only that, though, but they also believe that it the very atoms in our DNA uh. resonate with this 8 hertz, which is then linked to the 432 hertz, right? Take it one step further. It's believed that the 432 hertz stimulates <clears throat> the heart chakra. Therefore, the 432 hertz music increases the spiritual development of the listener. Okay. It may even have healing properties. Did you know that, Andy? No. You scraped your little knees. You were running around. You were playing uh, backyard baseball. Stickball with the boys. Stickball with the boys. Down the street. Uh, Down the street. You scraped your little knee. Yeah. All you had to do was put on some 432 hertz. You could have healed those knees right up. Wow. Dummy. And to think I was just squirting neosperm on it. Squirting it. It's said that famous musicians, that's why famous musicians, like you'll see a lot of, a lot of the sources for the quote unquote, the sources come from like those, these like Facebook memes, you know, where it's like, did you know 
that famous musicians like Jimi Hendrix, Bob Marley, and Prince all tune their music to match 432 hertz frequencies for the A note. And it's sad because it has healing properties. Like, it's this new agey kind of stuff, right? Is that real? I have no idea if that's real. They might have. Lots of people play around with different tunings and frequencies and bullshit. Yeah. Well, what's so wrong with 440 hertz? Why do we give a shit? No. Well, as we'll discuss in a bit, there was a push to standardize. Music is standardized. Um, the 440 hertz version in the 30s, um, and and what you know, the theorists kind of believe is that it was actually part of some nefarious war on consciousness that would lead to musical cult control. Spooky stuff, huh? Here's a little quote. Mm. The monopolization of the music industry features this imposed frequency that is hurting populations into greater aggression, psychosocial agitation, and emotional distress. Music is causing all of that, Andy. Wow. Predisposing people to physical illness, financial impositions, profiting the agents, agencies, and companies engaged in this fucking monopoly. They didn't say fucking. I added that for, for, for spice. <laughs> For drama. Going one step further and involving the Nazis, because why not? It's said that propaganda minister Joseph Goebbels. I know it's Goebbels, but I'm sick of fucking playing around with this fucking bullshit of like, oh, oh, the O and the E makes an R sound. A W is actually a V. No, 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 no. This is spelled G-O-E-B-B-E-L-S. It's Goebbels. Okay. Joseph Goebbels. I'm not playing around anymore with these silly names. Goebbels. It's Goebbels. 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 He insisted this is the Nazi propaganda minister, one of the most evil people throughout history. He's an evil guy. He was a big proponent of the 440 hertz tuning in Germany because he believed it made people think and feel in specific ways, making them, quote, a prisoner of a certain consciousness. Oof. That sounds like a Goebbels quote. Yeah. Sounds... <laughs> Just like something Goebbels would say. Now, it's believed that the 440 hertz standard is rotting the minds of the youth, Andy. The impressionable youth. Won't somebody think of the children? Won't somebody think of the children? Youths. Won't somebody think of the children? Quote, the powers that be are successfully lowering the vibrations of not only the young generation, but the rest of us as well. These destructive frequencies entertain the thoughts toward disruption, disharmony, and disunity. Additionally, they also stimulate the controlling organ of the body, the brain. Wow. So these actually change our vibration? Yeah. Wow. Into disharmonious resonance, which ultimately creates disease and war. Oh. Now, it's probably the time we mentioned that Tipper Gore sponsored today's episode. <laughs> Thank you, Tipper Gore. I'm having a little bit of a satanic panic here. I know. This is scary stuff, Andy. Yeah. You're listening to all this crazy music that's destroying the youths. These impressionable youths are listening to this bad music. They need to be listening to music tuned to 432. It's not the content of the music. It's not the lyrics, the rhythm, the melody, whatever, the instruments. The notes. It's the frequencies. It's the tuning. That's what it really is. We don't need hey we don't need fucking content labels teen mature 18 plus whatever no 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 we need hertz labels 
I can only get me music that's tuned to 432 hertz, please. Hey, Art. Hey, what's up? What's the difference between a piano, a fish, and a bottle of glue? I don't know, Andy. What is the difference between those three items? You can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. What's the glue do? Yeah, I knew you'd get stuck on that. Uh... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I wish I could tune you out. You and everybody else listening to this right what, now. What frequency is your voice so I could fucking get rid of it? I don't know. Whatever you want to tune out, it's probably not that one. <laughs> there are numerous organizations advocating for a universal switch to 432 hertz, but that would involve upsetting worldwide standards, not to mention the construction and retuning of millions of musical instruments. That's a tall order, Andy. But why? Why? Why is the 444 hertz the standard anyway? I can't answer that myself, Andy. I actually have to bring out someone special. So it's time to bring out the music theory macaque. (laughs) There it is. The music theory macaque. The music theory macaque. Welcome to the show. Now, as explained by the Encyclopedia Britannica, a given, you know, like, do you know what pitch is? Do you understand what that is? I I didn't know. I mean, I was, uh, I played pitcher for my college intramural slow pitch team. I was really bad at it. So I guess if you watched me, you would probably say, no, this person has no concept of pitching. According to the We're talking en- about baseball, right? Yes, this is a topic about baseball. Mike Trout. Encyclopedia Britannica, a given musical pitch like A equals 432 hertz or A <clears throat> equals 440 hertz is determined by, quote, the frequency of vibration of the sound wave that produces it, end quote. So it's like an oscillation of vibration in a standard measure of time. If you rang one of those old school tuning forks, you remember what those look like? Yeah. What frequency is it ringing at? That's your 432 versus 440 discussion, baby. That's what we're doing. Like if I pick a, a tuning fork tuned to A. Yeah. And I ting it. Ting it. And it's buzzing. Yeah. Vibrating. What hurts? It would it vibrate at 440 hertz. Typically, yes. But you can tune things. You can you can change things around. You can tune things. But depending on the construction 32. of the tuning fork. Correct. You could, tu- you, you could build one that would resonate at 432. Right. Now, currently, most instruments are be de- default tuned to A equals 440 hertz, meaning the note A, the second note above middle C, should be set at frequency 440 hertz. Although not all major orchestras around the world do this, but that's the standard. Mm-hmm. But why? Why standardize this? Why have standards at all, really? That's what I want to ask. Why do we need standards? Andy? Any thoughts on standards? Yeah. I think in a musical sense, standards are probably uh, important because it makes, it reduces the need to like cross tune or understand what frequency your own individual instrument is in. Because if you didn't have it standardized, think about this. If you're trying to play in a band with somebody playing a musical instrument from somewhere else, maybe that's not what they tune 
their thing too. So you play the same note and it sounds completely different. Astute point, Andy. Very astute. A little crude, but astute. Um, basically, the the general idea is that eggheads wanted shit to sound the fucking same, right? I mean, you said it a little bit more crude than I did. If you know, if you went and saw, I'm some, not as eloquent as you. Well, you didn't as eloquent as me, but like if you know, they went and saw some boring ass fucking opera or concert, some shit in some dumb ass fucking country. They wanted it to sound just as fucking boring and dumb and stupid as it would in another country. Right. Yeah. Right. But you're right. It was operas and concerts and bands and shit. You had all these different instruments. Right. If I went to see an opera. Yeah. I mean, I need to be able to fall asleep during it. I don't want weird fucking notes that I'm not expecting or interrupting my sleep. That's right. Because bug buggers, you know us. If it ain't rock and roll, it ain't for us. We're fucking this rockers. This is the most rock and roll podcast. We're rockers. We're rockers. We're rockers, dude. Yeah. We rock hard. We go hard. Whatever, dude. But you're right. It was it was bands. It was all these new instruments coming together. You had you had people in in. Uh, well, we'll get to it. The first dork to propose a standard appeared to be <laughs> Johann Heinrich Scheibler. Scheibler. Wait, why are you saying it like Scheibler. that instead of not Johann Heinrich Schiebler? <laughs> you're right. That is how it's pronounced. At the the Stuttgart Congress of Physicists in 1834. Because in the 1830s, France was tuning to like A438. Germany and Austria were like A444. Um, England was at like A450. The shit was a fucking mess. Were all the other notes similarly tuned differently? Yeah, because you would tune like middle A, and then all your other notes would be tuned at like uh, a given variance. So mm-hmm. like if A, I don't know what it is, because I don't really know you music tune very well. But... You tune based on the number of steps. Yeah, exactly. So like... Right. If A is 440, then C is 420 or something, 420, dude, or like whatever. You know, it's, and then the next is 410, and however it is, right? It's a. How'd they make these decisions? Well, that's a good point, Andy, and we'll be getting to that in just a minute. But, um, I mean, as the music scene was starting to shift, orchestras were expanding, they were adding more instruments, concert halls were getting bigger. I mean, this is the 1830s, right? The people liked, they liked a brighter, higher pitched fucking sound. They wanted that sweet, sweet tone. I mean, ooey, goo goo, God, they craved it, Andy. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine when they fucking, that bassoon first dropped? Can you imagine people being like, yo, dude, Wagner just dropped some new shit, dude. You got to check it out for real, for real. No cap, that bassoon be bussin'. They got a bassoon. But soon do be bussing. I just heard a fucking rendition of Carmen, and they got a French Sheesh. horn. Sheesh. That French horn. Sheesh. Um, bussing. There was drama. Yeah. Check this out, Andy. Touring singers complained that these increasing pitches, because they hated it. They complained about it because of the vocal strain. Mm. In 1824, the prima donna, like the chief female vocalist in an opera, not a drama queen. So they kept, the bands kept increasing. People kept increasing the pitch. Okay. Because the audiences liked the brighter sound. They Mm -hmm. were like, this fucking rules. They were all about that treble. They were all about that treble. Sorry, Megan Trainor. Alexandrine Caroline uh, Branchou. Uh, she successfully campaigned to lower the pitch at the Paris Opera from A431 to a pitch standard of A413, 
which required the purchase of expensive new instruments and drew the ire of figures like Rossini, who was outraged at the sacrifice of brilliance and force of the orchestra for the sake of a singer. Wow. Wow. Whoa. Taking a huge shit on a singer. Yeah. He's like, the brilliance of the music, you fucking... You got to step up to the plate, singers. I couldn't hit these higher notes. Wow. Um. So with all this hot gas and drama, we needed a happy standard, Andy. I think you can see. <laughs> yeah. It was a problem. We well, can have prima donnas and Rossini fighting. I know. In 1885, the Music Commission of the Italian government declared that all instruments and orchestras should be using a tuning fork that vibrated at 440 hertz which was different from the original standard of 435 hertz and the competing 432 hertz that was being used in France. This is way higher than the singer suggested. I know. Well, that singer was back in, uh, that was 1824, but then I think things just kept, she couldn't, couldn't handle the tide. People wanted those high pitches. Yeah. In 1917, the American instead. Federation of Musicians endorsed the Italians, hell yeah, and followed a further push for 440 hertz in the 1940s. In 1953, a worldwide agreement was signed. Signatories declared that middle A on the piano be forevermore tuned to exactly 440 hertz. This frequency became the standard ISO 16 reference for tuning all musical instruments based on the chromatic scale and the one most often used for music in the West. All other notes are tuned in standard mathematical ratios leading to and from 440 hertz. The tone standard is now universally accepted. That's why a piano in Toronto sounds exactly the same as a piano in China, which sounds exactly the same as that giant floor piano that Tom Hanks played in the movie Big. Weirdly, Andy, to answer your question from earlier, no one can say for sure why this frequency was chosen in the first place. In fact, that's why there's people that vehemently like disagree with the standard. They consider 440 hertz middle A to be an abomination against nature. Personally, I think that it seems like that was a happy medium. Some people were pushing it really. I mean, England was like, hey, we're using 450. You know? Four, like, four, 440 seems like it's it's much higher mm -hmm. than what the singers wanted. Right. But it's much lower than some people were tuning at the time. Right. So it does seem like a happy medium. Seems like a happy medium. Even in the 1980s, people like political activists, Lyndon... Tipper Gore? Record. No. Oh, Lyndon LaRouche is what you're going to say. Lyndon LaRouche. Yeah. You're familiar. Yeah, well, this is a conspiracy podcast. He's got a few other ones under his belt. Oh, yeah. I can't believe we've not talked about Lyndon LaRouche more. Yeah, he's, he's a little, he's got some problematic what stuff. What a character. Yeah. He campaigned to have the 440 hertz lowered to 432. The pitch was too damn high. He built a case around pitch inflation, similar to what we described earlier. That like orchestras. Oh no, the Federal Music Reserve had to intervene. <laughs> yeah. They won't stop printing music. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said the same things as we described earlier that orchestras and people were pushing the pitch far too high. And that 440 hertz standard was still too high and threatened the health of singers and the integrity of the operatic tradition. Oh, won't anybody think of the integrity of the operatic tradition, Andy? Do we know anything about famous works of music that were produced before the standard and what tuning they used? 
Um, we know some. I mean, you're f- like all your famous shit, your Mozarts, your Bachs, your Beethovens, all that shit was before a standard. Like when Bach was playing the organ, what was his A tuned to? I'm sure you could look it up, but there's it varies. Okay, I will. It varies. There wasn't really a Don't standard. challenge me. I'll look it up. Okay. Music in, in instruments weren't as mass produced back then, right? So right. you had to get things custom made. It was like, and things didn't travel as much. Um, you sort of had like a piece being built by a composer in a place, and he would pick what he wanted. Um, do you have the information? No, I'm just looking. Okay, I'm reading. Well, anyway, Lyndon Larouche, he shilled research backed by his Schiller Institute, which claimed that. Even famed Italian opera composer Giuseppe Verdi preferred and used the A equals 432 hertz standard. This led to media articles online kind of mischaracterizing or branding the A equals 432 hertz tuning as, quote, Verdi's tuning. Now, to be fair, Verdi did believe in standardization, and he didn't like pitch inflation. But there's no real discourse to prove that he was some 432 hertz champion. He used a lot of different fucking pitches. Regardless, there's still to this day a push for the 432 hertz standard. Andy, do you have any information for us? No. Okay. Right. This is talking a lot about notes, but not a lot about frequencies. So what should it be? Some adherents to the down with the 440 hertz movement claim that a more natural frequency for middle A is actually 438 hertz, which is odd. You know, that's two hertz down. I don't know how much of a difference that really makes, but 432 is still the front runner due to the belief that it has the, quote, pure tone of math fundamental to nature. People believe it's mathematically consistent with patterns of the universe vibrating with phi or pi, the golden ratio. They point to how this pitch can be connected to everything from Nautilus shells to the works of the ancients, including the construction of the Great Pyramid. But I think, Andy, you and I both know the real middle is the TV show starring absolute smoke show Patricia Hitton, Patricia Heaton. Oh, yeah. And the guy who played the janitor on Scrubs. That's the real middle. Yeah. The middle. Yeah. The middle. With smoke show Patricia Heaton. Patricia Heaton. And Neil, Neil Flynn, who played the famous. Uh, for Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, yeah. And also famous Ohio State University oh, alumni. Fuck. <laughs> All right, I have some information. Okay, here we go. This is from a forum, so take this with a grain of salt. Well, so is a lot not, of this research in the script. I'm not, valid, I'm not validating this. I'm just reading. Um, so somebody in this started off this thread saying that Bach composed Bach. his music uh, that he would have been playing at 415 hertz A. Yeah. At his time. Right. But somebody says that's not the case um the reference pitch available would have varied a lot based on like you said where the instrument was yep and who had constructed it and that the reference pitch bach would have used would have varied from like 392 hertz holy shit to 465 hertz um, that's why his shit probably sounded so fucking metal and that yeah and that there was some parts um Sometimes he had to transpose his music right. to play on different instruments because it didn't sound the same right. playing on a different instrument. There was incredible variance of that time with these these legendary composers, and that's probably why these guys were so fucking good is they had to like have really good ears. They just hear this shit. Because they weren't like they didn't have, you know, the the sophistication. They couldn't measure 
things like we can, you know, and and they had different instruments. Instruments were produced in different places. There were probably far more imperfections. They didn't really, they were pro, pro, composing like operas and stuff, but, you know, things were different. And as times changed, as concert halls, the structures of them changed, people's taste changed. People liked a lighter, higher, brighter sound that came with higher pitches. So according to this person, organ Bach was using at the time, um, uh, he wrote his Magnificat, it was at 465 hertz reference pitch. Wow. But the French-made in wind instruments uh, were tuned to 415 hertz. Hmm. So he had to transpose the keys the thing was written in Yeah, in order to like make it work together. I mean, I don't know anything about music, but it's like, I got to imagine that that big of a difference of a hertz probably is like putting his middle A is probably like what their G sharp or like their fucking it's a big difference. Yeah. Their fucking D flat sounds like, like who fucking knows? <laughs> is, I don't know. I mean, 465 to 413. Like, right. That's a huge gap. Right. So it's like, now you got to fucking move all the notes around and make it sound totally different. And then, yeah, you know, you can compose it in different octaves. There's music's crazy, right? Yeah. Music's fucking crazy, dude. Music's fucking nutty, dude. Music is wild as fuck beefers. Music uh, research says that uh, music tuned to 432 uh, is easier to listen to. It's brighter. It's clearer. Contains more inherent dynamic range. As a result, the music with this tuning needs to be uh, played at higher volumes. Oh, yeah. Needs not. Sorry, needs not be played at higher volumes. So 440, you get for some. You have to play it at higher volumes, right? right. And that's going to lead to the risk of hearing damage. 432 is just right. Wow. The more radical among the middle A haters insist that the true frequency should be 528 hertz. Holy shit. Because, quote, it's a digital bioholographic precipitation, crystallization, and miraculous manifestation of divining frequency vibrations. Uh-huh. Whatever the fuck that means. Wait, say that again. It's a digital bioholographic precipitation, crystallization, and miraculous manifestation of diving frequency vibrations. So it's basically like if you tune it to that and you play music like that, you're going to awaken crystals and it's going to make <laughs> miracles manifest on the earth? Is that yeah, what it's saying? I guess so. Okay. I mean, why not give it a shot? Let's fucking do it. What do skeptics of this 432 hertz theory think? Is there truth to their claims? Is 440 bunked or junk? Let's talk about this 440 hertz Nazi connection. Okay. Was 440 pushed as a standard because the Nazis wanted to use it for mind control purposes? Skeptics, again, pointed mm, to our friend. Mm, mind control. Ooh, it sounds a lot like, uh, like a little like a, a, a project that the U.S. CIA carried out. Maybe. Let's point to our friend, again, our friend Lyndon LaRouche. Um, for Lyndon LaRouche. Lyndon LaRouche. In an article from 1988, one of LaRouche's friends, Laurent Rosenfeld, um, argued that the Third Reich were the ones pushing for the 440 hertz standardization, diminishing the evidence that many other countries and people were also proponents of the 440 hertz standardization. The article, titled, How Nazis Ruined Musical Tuning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God damn, what a good title. It's so fucking funny. (laughs) Claimed that Joseph Goebbels... Then director of the Acoustic Committee of Radio Berlin. Ugh. Radio Berlin. Radio Berlin. You're listening to Radio Berlin? (laughs) We would now play Wagner and nothing but Wagner. 
After that, we will play more Vanga. <laughs> Goodbye. They said that uh, Goebbels was instrumental in the 1939 ISO meeting in which the A440 pitch was adopted. But they excluded... The Nazis purposefully excluded dissenters from the conference and worked out deals with instrument manufacturers who wanted to break into the American jazz market where the pitch had like risen to 440 and beyond. The American market kind of also helped propel this, right? Like mm -hmm. you have jazz forming as people are really starting to push for standardization. Um, you know, people are still figuring this shit out in the 1800s, but then you have American, the American music scene. It's like, and all of a sudden people are like, oh, fuck, I want a piece of that. And that was, you know, we were doing 440. I thought it was already standard by this. Was I misunderstanding something? No, I mean, jazz came around. Uh, when did jazz really start coming around? Well, I mean, like the pitch. No, the pitch wasn't standardized until like the 30s and 40s. Oh. Oh. See, I was thinking that we were talking about it being standardized in that. They were just century. discussing the idea of it in the 1800s or the late 1800s. People were like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. We need some standardization. Yeah. People were like, this fucking blows. People were recognizing a problem, right? Right. They were like, this, we need to fucking do something about this. We should have an international standard. Yeah. But also, you know, I think you have changing times, right? Like you have more travel. Yeah. And globalization, right? Like countries are more connected than ever. Back then, you know, yeah. Okay. Maybe you had a local concert hall. But they all tuned to whatever standard, but it's like, that's what they tuned to. It didn't matter because they wouldn't go play a piece from some other country because they would never hear it, mm -hmm. you know? Anyway, while this may be true that the Nazis pushed or, uh, you know, isolated people from the meeting or whatever, there's no real evidence or mention of the purpose of mind control. So while, yeah, the Nazis may have had reasons for, to change the pitch standard to do, to do something that benefited them, as did many other people. Right. Mind control wasn't one of them. A skeptic say that's something blown out of proportion. Furthermore, the concept of a Hertz, like a Hertz frequency in and of itself is somewhat arbitrary as the measurement of a Hertz is based on a second. As in time. Seconds are an arbitrary measurement of time. It's something we made up. Time is a concept. It's a flat circle, if you will. Art, will you please put down those my big Lone hug Star, mug and my Lone my Lone Star Tall Boys? Stop carving them and just do carving the, them into little effigies of little people. Yeah, can't. All right, all right, all right. We just we just put. Oh, skull fuck you! I'll fucking skull fuck you to my Woody Harrelson. Will you shut the fuck up, Rust? Seconds actually come from the ancient Babylonians, Andy. You knew this. Who were yeah. the first to break down time in base 60, which is pretty pretty based in and of itself. Yeah. That led to a lot of advances in mathematics when they figured that out. That like, hey, measure shit in base 60. We could do all these crazy fucking calculations. Before then, people were like, I don't know. Base 10, 20. Can't do crazy calculations. You do base 60. 60 seconds, 60 minutes, all this shit. Like, you can really break down mathematics and time and structure in a really neat, optimal way. And that's why we still use it to this day. But it's still arbitrary. Yeah. Other cultures use different bases for their numbers, and that would fundamentally alter the measurement of a hertz, which would make this whole fucking conversation moot. 432 wouldn't exist if we all lived in a world of base 10 
or a world of base 69. Yeah. Which is the one I want. <laughs> yeah. 69 is the most based world we could live in. Now, if there's theories involving the ancient aliens helping the Babylonians to discover base 60, leading to the perfect resonance with the hertz of the frequency of the earth, <laughs> that's music to our ears. <laughs> <laughs> that's the frequency we're tuned to. Yeah, baby. Also, when you're playing in different keys, this whole A standard thing kind of, it, it matters, but it doesn't matter as much. Like if you're playing in C sharp major where A doesn't appear in that scale, that major scale, mm-hmm. you know, all the various frequencies are so unique and different. What do you fucking care? Like, yeah, you're getting to those, I guess the argument we, well, you're getting those notes from, they're being built off of 432, but it's like, yeah, but you're not even hearing 432. Right. There's a big push that it's like, no, 432 hertz is like the thing. It's like, well, if you're listening to music that's in C sharp major, you're not even getting that frequency. You're getting all these other frequencies. Yeah, it seems like this is pretty dependent on the amount of times you hear the note A played. Right. And when you're listening to music, you aren't hearing one frequency at a time. You're hearing a multitude overlaid on top of each other. Yeah. You're not sitting there being like, oh. That's one note. What a great note. It's like you're hearing a whole chord, which is a string of notes together. You're hearing a face melting. If you're Andy and I, you're listening to face melting fucking solos. Yeah. That are like. Fucking you're listening to through the fire and flames on repeat every day, eight hours a day. Herman Lee fucking shredding notes, dude. Just melting my freaking balls off. Yeah. We're listening to this like hard fucking Rock music. We're listening like to Buckethead. Two, two accordions playing at the same time. Two accordions at the same time. I'd do two accordions at the same time, Peter. Um, the idea that music has the potential to affect our mental and physical state is also kind of commonplace and finds expression in like a multitude of contexts, you know, whether it's like ancient works of Plato and Aristotle, um, you know, New Age spiritualism and, and alternative message. Medicine embrace that like sonic practices. You know, we probably sure. talked about this with like fucking the hedgehog. Yeah, <laughs> gotta go fast, dude. You gotta go fast. Um, <laughs> talk, <laughs> about a game <laughs> franchise with some kick-ass fucking music. It did have good music. Crystal bowls, gongs, bongs. You know, the rest of the idea that like you can combine sounds and vibrations to relax, heal the body. All this kind of crazy shit. Mm -hmm. Skeptics point to all that as like there's no basis in science. I mean, sure, there's a placebo effect, right? We've talked about this in the past, especially with their coverage of goop um, and um, stuff like that. That like, yeah, you might feel better if you put a crystal on your head. You might feel better if you bang a ceremonial gong. But like, is the that frequency actually doing something to you? I don't. I don't know if there's skeptics say there's no scientific proof to that. Right. But for example, you know, I personally love listening to biurnal beats. It helps me relax or focus. And Andy, you love listening to bianal beats. Bianal beads. Oh, so you cheat at chess? Yeah. I love the sound of the anal beads popping yeah. in and out in your butthole. Right. But skeptics point out how much of this, you know, connection between well, actually, what they point out is that the connection between frequencies and health effects is actually sourced from a 1984 book called Intervals, Scales, Tones, and the Concert Pitch C equals 128 by Maria Reynolds, 
who was a student of proclaimed mystic Rudolf Steiner. No relation to the reindeer. <laughs> he was founder of the oof, anthro, anthroposophical, anthroposophical, first time I've ever seen that word, anthroposophical society. Renold shared Steiner's belief in the metaphysical significance of music, the, quote, cosmic sources of music inspiration, and the, quote, occult experience, end quote, of musical modes. Basically, music is fucking life, dude. Like, music... Music is my life, dude. Music... Dad. Dad. And if you don't get that... Dad. Reynolds argued that there was a cosmic significance to the A equals 432 hertz, based the argument on numerology. But Reynolds also did conduct listening experiments on more than 2,000 individuals. 90% of whom, 90% of whom, she reports, preferred the A432 tuning and found music tuned to A44 to cause discomfort, irritation, and pain. Okay. Okay. That's something. Yeah. Now, eggheads say the method by which the experiment was conducted doesn't hold up to academic or scientific scrutiny, but it is often cited as scientific proof by A equals 432 hertz believers. Now, bunkfunkers, you can go conduct this experiment for yourself. There are a litany of 432 and 440 comparison videos on YouTube. You can even find... Famous songs. Um, I found one that was a Coldplay song, The Scientist. Nobody said it was easy. What are talking about? Causing discomfort. Coldplay's so sad, I can't listen to it. But you can, you can listen to it recorded in 432 or 440. Make the decision yourself. There's lots of YouTube videos. Go find out. But hey, bunkfuckers. No matter what kind of music you like, whether it be rhythm and blues, rock and roll, rap, hip-hop, gator rock, cow punk, hippo grunge, Chicago blues, Chicago reds, Chicago one and Chicago two, Christian rock, Jewish gangster rap, Muslim Celtic folk, Christian lo-fi beats to praise him to, chill out or back off, stop doing that, quit it, enough already, Brazilian bass. Brazilian carp, Brazilian short-nosed trout, space rock, dad rock, mom rock, creepy uncle Teddy rock, Latin groove, Latin concave, disco Marco, disco polo, crunk, funk, hip-hop, g-hop, go-go, jerkin, doinkin, wankin, touching a pee-pee, Miami bass, dirty rap, stink rap, wet swampy ass no shower rap, crusty butthole stink ass just ate chipotle rap, micro house, Microhouse IPA, synth pop, euro pop, teen pop, swamp pop, push pop, surf rock, hang gliding jazz, Swedish R&B, Latvian Botsanova, or Serbian trance, rap metal, nu metal, death metal, grindcore, stinkcore, cumcore, mathcore, pirate, sludge, gent, or adult contemporary. <laughs> Whatever your flavor is, there's only one frequency it should be tuned to. And it's not based on a number. No. It's the whole enchilada.
Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts. And I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style. And together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes. Hey, welcome back, Bunk Bunkers. That was our topic on music conspiracy that 432 hertz should be the standard for all tuning of instruments and not 440 wow beautifully sung boy you're a prima donna i am a prima donna i should have been the real madonna yeah um andy you're in vogue. What's up with music? You like music? You've uh you've played an instrument in your life? Yeah, i've heard of music. Not really that fond of it as a concept. <laughs> Not for me. Um, just one of those things I don't really get. No, I like music, you, of course. You played an instrument. I played two instruments. Do you, Three do instruments. You... Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, he played three instruments. Look at me. My name is Andy Hart. <laughs> I am quite accomplished. What instruments did you play? I played the trumpet, the trombone, and the piano. You played piano? Yeah. I did not know that. What are you looking at? Nothing. Quit looking at that. Sorry, I just look at my notes on myself. <laughs> Keep your fucking eyes up here. Gotta look at index cards. <laughs> you gotta read the teleprompter. <laughs> so you played three instruments. You familiar with tunings and different you played in the band in high school. You were a nerd. Yeah. You were a dork. And Big, huge um, dork. No friends. No love life. Prospects. Not much has changed. Yeah, you never did find any gold out in San Francisco, did you? No. But uh, you familiar with like different tunings, this sort of thing? Like, were you did? Was this a thing you experienced a lot being this musically gifted guy? I'll be honest. I took a music theory class in high school. Yeah, I didn't fucking get it. Were you good at music? No, really, not particularly. Why did you? Why did I wouldn't you... even say I was like gifted or like special, like. You know, Can you read music? Yeah. A little bit? Uh, trouble clef. That's it? I forgot how to read bass clef. It's really hard now. Uh, but did you know back then? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Why didn't you play a cool instrument? You know, it's so funny. I played the trombone. I don't think I really knew how to read the music. I was just kind of like feeling my way around the slide. Like, here's where I put the slide uh, to like make it sound like the thing that's on the paper. 
was more or less my thing. It always impressed the shit out of me how people knew how to read music. It was so hard. I I, could I did never... learn it to play the piano though. That's good. But the thing is, you know, I played the trumpet for a long time. They had it. They needed trombones in the band. Of course, you played loud instruments. Yeah, <laughs> loud, obnoxious instruments. Uh, but they needed trombones in the band, and they're like, "Would you switch?" I said, "Sure." So they gave me a trombone at the school at the end of the year. They were like, take this home over the summer, practice. Like I got like a crash course and they were like, practice it over the summer, come back ready next year. And that's what you're going to play. You're going to be a starter. Get off the red shirt. And I like, you were red shirted at the band, weren't you? <laughs> first of first. Yeah. I was red shirted for, you were red for sure freshman. Three years. <laughs> red shirted for three years. You couldn't even get third chair. They had you in the fucking IR the yeah. whole time. They put me in one of these like practice rooms by myself. Called up from the practice room. But, that, but they gave me the trombone. I took it home. I t- completely forgot to practice it until like two weeks before school. So I never really learned it all that well. You had no interest in picking a cool instrument? <laughs> what would you consider a cool? I played guitar. Yeah. Arguably one of the coolest instruments. Yeah. Or drums. I really wanted to play drums, but my parents were like, no, too loud. No, I was really committed to being like a weird little bandoid and being a huge dork. And being a social pariah. But you're a big music guy. You're a big music guy. You're a bigger music guy than me. I wish I would have learned to play the guitar, to be honest with you. I think you would enjoy it. You can still learn. Yeah, I could. I would consider maybe giving you one of my guitars and maybe even selling it. Wow. Bunk Funkers, this is a big moment. And you could learn. But you'd have to promise me. You notice how quick art switched from giving me one to selling me one? Well, it's an expensive guitar. I can get some money for it. And I still kind of I don't wanna, need your guitar. I got two guitars at home. I still kind of want to like learn, you know, how to play. I have an acoustic and an electric at home. Yeah, but are they as nice as mine? They probably not. The Fender American Standard in Mahogany. Got jumbo frets. I got jumbo frets. <laughs> I got so many frets you wouldn't believe it. I got jumbo dogs. I can fret about anything. Um, but you're a big music guy. You're a mu- music. You, I, would you consider yourself a music nerd? I would consider you one. I. You're I, very passionate about music. Yeah, I always thought music and food. <laughs> I've eaten my fair share of instruments. That's it's for the sure. Truth. Um, I always felt like, I don't know. I was always like, I like the idea of like people who, you know, like what are the two like instruments that you can just sort of like people have around their house? Mm-hmm. It's like it's a guitar mm-hmm. or it's a piano, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I always love the idea of, like, I always had piano at my house, and my mom would play the piano sometimes. And I was like, well, it's so nice if you can, like, go somewhere, and, like, you can just play a piano. And you would, of course, come down in your 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 silkiest, scantily clad fucking sequin dress and go, happy birthday. And you would, like, dance, like, a cabaret style on top of the piano, and your mom would be like, get the fuck off the piano! You're gonna break it! It's not even a full, it's a half fucking stack piano. It's not a full baby grand. Get off. You'd be like, happy birthday, mom. <laughs> then my dad would come in with the tennis racket and start hitting me. So I would go back to my room. No, you're right. Yes. A guitar, a piano. It's like, that's one that you can just like, you could be somewhere and pick it up and play it. Did you want to be the party guy who plays fucking, all right, here's one wall. <laughs> no, I just think it's like, it's nice sometimes to have music. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? You're right. You're right. Like if you were like a family that all played music together, mm-hmm. that's so fucking like cute and quaint yeah. and nice. 
you liked that idea. Yeah. But then I never, you know, I don't have a brass instrument anymore. I have a keyboard at home. You play it? But I haven't played piano for so long. All these fucking I years. lost it. You lost it completely? You don't think you could pick it back up? I mean, I could. It would take a while, though. I gotta call you out again. You're just fucking batting a thousand. All these years of doing comedy. All these fucking years, and you wait, never... Wait, what was never, the other thing? The fantasy football? The fantasy football okay. trade. All these years of doing comedy with you, and you never once were like, oh, hey, guys, I play piano. Let me try and write a funny song. One of our sketch shows. I was never that advanced. I think you just have no confidence in yourself. I don't have any confidence in myself, that's for sure. No, I was like you. I... I think now as an adult, I have the discipline and the, uh, the time. No, you have the discipline and the ability. You don't have the time. That's my issue. No, I can. I, Cause I think I, when I was a teen and I was playing guitar, it's like, it's really hard. You want to, you just, why do you play like, especially like a guitar is like, you want to fucking shred and you want to be cool. Yeah. You just want to be cool. Yeah. And it's like, you don't want to actually put in the time. But like, I now know as an adult that if I just, rather than what I would do as a teen would be, I would practice for one hour at the end of the week when I remembered. Instead of just being like, dude, do a half hour every day. Yeah. Just a half hour. Little bit. Little bit every day. You're going to get so much better, so much faster than you would just doing that like one to two hour session once a week. Yeah. Right? It's like with any skill. Working out, uh, the Rubik's cube, whatever weird skill or uh, anything. Um, yeah. So I was like that, but then also did you have this experience? I always wanted to like, I never had anyone to share it with that. I think was, that was the biggest motivating factor for me. Like if I had a friend who wanted to jam, it was like actually good and could guide me. I needed that. I didn't have, I would take lessons, but like I had my one really good buddy played drums and we tried to do a little band together with some people but it's like you know i mean go figure i really wanted i really wanted to push us to actually like practice and be a fucking band right and like be a real band and like play shit and do things and not just waste time yeah and my friends were like let's just fuck around yeah let's just jam i lose interest yeah i hear you did you ever have that i think it's i think it's true too that um i mean you probably had this experience Music, making music on an instrument is oftentimes like oppressive to other people where you live. Yeah. Like if they're not into listening to you practice. Yeah. Like it's annoying. Yeah. Like where the piano was in my house, it was like right next to the living room, but there were like French doors in between the rooms. Oh, wow. And my dad would be like, you can't do anything unless you close those doors. I'm watching TV in here. And so it's like, you know, yeah, you're there's those competing like, you know, yeah, interests in a setting like I didn't have a room where I could just like go and practice and like not be a burden on other people. I can't practice it, it at night because yeah. people are sleeping. Right. I think as an adult, too, that like. It's easier to. um you think like, oh, but like, honestly, I think part of the reason why it's harder as a kid is because you're an idiot as a kid. Yeah. Kids are dumb. fucking stupid. Your motor skills aren't there yet. But as an adult, you're fully formed. Like, I think you can actually maybe even, I don't know the research, but maybe you can pick something up maybe a little bit quicker as an adult. Actually, it's harder. You think? Well, here's the thing. It really is that much harder? Here's the thing. 
your brain is a lot more uh, dexterous mm. when you're younger. And as you age, the, the neural connections you make in the brain, they slow down because you have more information. You keep getting information throughout the course of your life. So like they say, they, I, I think I heard it described like this once that very old people, like assuming they're not suffering from like memory loss or something. That's, they will be if I get a hold of them. <laughs> yeah. You love inflicting head trauma on the elderly. Boy, oh boy. You do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I have my quirks. You shove a lot of old people into the sidewalk. Um, but like that, an older person relative to a newer person uh-huh. will know more information overall, but it will take longer for them to access that information mm. because they have more of it. And the brain is not as swift as it is when you're younger. So like, you know, they you do, like should start young. things about uh, like, like, polyglots if you want to learn another language it's easier to do it when you're young because you don't first of all you don't have as much a grasp of whatever language you speak right so it's easier to like i'm an english speaker barely barely but if i try to learn another language i'm always framing everything in the way that english another works. secret you've kept from me yeah i wish i would have studying spanish for like the past four years and have never brought it up not once this guy's been doing third strike. You're out. Yeah, you've been doing Duolingo for like five fucking years. You have a you have a four million day streak. It's over nine hundred days. It's three fucking years. Yeah, and you've never spoken Spanish once. Hola. <laughs> you you cool. still thought that guy's name was Me- Melamo. Melamo? Melamo. Yeah. I mean, what a waste. Duolingo doesn't do shit. I don't think you're looking at I don't know. It's I, I only think it works because I took like fucking six years of Spanish starting from when I was a kid. I think you're right. Maybe the whole music thing is maybe because I keep coming back to guitar as an adult and I'll be like, oh, I still remember how to form chords. My calluses are gone and like my dexterity, but that comes back pretty quick because that muscle memory is there. It was formed there when I was, you know, 11 years old. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think at any age you could learn to do anything. Um, It's just like if you're an adult, it probably will take longer to learn something. And then you have like all the challenges of just being an adult. So you could have learned piano again. Oh, yeah. I could. could You could have written funny. I could go home right now. And I could learn it again. Am I going to do that? Probably not. I've thought several times over the course of my adult life, like I should pick this up again. I should like figure I should like. You can watch videos like you can. YouTube will teach you anything, right? But am I going to take the time and do it? Probably not. You got to make choices. Yeah. I'm wasting my life. That's my choice. That's the truth. Um, I was always impressed, too, by people who had a really strong grasp of music and were talented. I think that always it was like, dude, it always felt like you were like, well, what's the fucking point? Like. I can't be as good as somebody who started yeah. when they were like a little kid. Like there was a kid in my high school. Get this fucking story. This brought back this memory. This kid was so fucking good at guitar. He was so fucking good. And I think now as an adult, he is a touring mu- musician. But he was into like uh, music that fucking sucks. Like he's into like, like he's like deep into jazz. It's like, who the fuck listens to that? 
don't listen to that shit. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, he's like, like, he's a guitar, guitar guy where it's like, dude, oh, this guitarist that no one's ever heard of who only makes like guitar music and like, it's some blues guy who you've never heard. It's like, oh, okay, I mean, that's neat. Not for me, though. I want like, you ever heard Crazy Train? You remember this guy, John Mayer? <laughs> this kid was so fucking good at guitar, though, but he was kind of a chode in high school. I mean, we were all fucking... Everyone's cringy in high school, but this is actually cringy. He threw a party, and we were all at the party, and he legitimately made every single person at the party, like all like 30 fucking people, stop, sit down, listen to him play. Ugh, I know. And don't get me wrong. The kid's amazing. The kid was so fucking good at guitar. Like, so gifted. He, like, he's literally is a... I mean, that's why he... I think to this day, he's a fucking, whatever, touring magician, but... But... Boy, that is cringy. <laughs> like, that is like... Wonderwall guy to the extreme. But like I good. Like I said, it was... It, sometimes it's it nice really to have good. some music, but if you're that person that goes to the party and you're like, Oh, my God. oh is that a guitar? You mind if I play it? Like... All right. Yeah, settle down. Like, we just, get it. If somebody's like, oh, you know how to play the guitar. Like, do you want to play a song? Like, then it's like, okay. That's... I mean, everyone has their insecurities, but like, I mean, yikes.com, dude. I'm logging on. Let's just say that. Yeah. I already got an account. Cringe quarter to max. He was power cringing. I'm power cringing for this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. sheesh. Was not busting. Yeah. Uh, Mid as hell. But those people who are like super real real. fucking gifted in this topic, I just kind of go like, I don't I like are you that into like I'm not really you like like old people music. Like you you show up at the concert and like everyone there's a boomer and you're like, this feels good. Yes, I'm making the right choices in my life. But I don't think that you you're not. Yes, like, um, I did go to a concert where <laughs> octogenarian Dick Dale was performing. My okay. husband, Dick Dale, the king of surf rock, would not buy cables from Guam. <laughs> How many chances was I going to have in my life to see Dick Dale? Not many left. Not many. He's dead now. Oh, he is? Oh, he's dead. I didn't know he's that. He's dead as fuck. He played Miserloo? Yeah, well, yeah, of course he did. Of course he better fucking did. Yeah. You were the one screaming, though. Miserloo! He's trying to play his other songs. Uh, he did this thing uh, where he... Uh, was like I guess there was some sort of like transportation issue getting him to the venue mm -hmm. and so and this is a smaller place so it was a little more intimate setting mm -hmm. and he's like talking to the audience and saying that you know he he and his wife ended up stuck in traffic his wife the queen of surf rock Mrs. Dick Dale they ended up like stuck in traffic he had to eat something because he's diabetic so they went to get something to eat and they ended up stuck in traffic. So he was like a little bit late coming back, like half an hour late for the show. <laughs> okay. And so he didn't have any time to like sound check or anything. He just went on stage and like started performing and he starts yet like not yelling, but like hassling the sound guy at the venue. He's like, don't change. Don't adjust my mic. I came back. <laughs> I started performing before you could adjust a mic. Jesus if I want to sing Christ. louder, I'll just get closer to the microphone. Oh my god! How unbearable! That was funny. That is funny. But then he, you know, also did this thing. He's an old guy, so he's like in between songs. He would like have this old man story time. 
he would just like tell unrelated stories about, you know, things like an old person would talk about. Yeah. About cables from Guam. Yeah. Well, that- Long Mom Potion Castle for you uh, LPT fans out there. Yeah. Um, no, I'm talking about like music, music. You know what I'm saying? Like you ever, you know who Jacob Collier is? Hello's me, Jacob Collier. Uh, is Jacob Jacob Collier that like? Hey, Jacob Collier. That guy that does like electronic music. I don't. He might. Yes, but he does lots of things. He's like very gifted at music. He's mm. perfect pitch. Oh, like really perfect pitch, and like understands musical theory to like more than uh like uh, uh, higher than a PhD level. Like he's mm-hmm. just. You can look him up online. Like he's he, a savant. He's like a music savant, and his music fucking sucks. Yeah, like, I mean, he's won Grammys and shit, but I listen to him. There's like this fucking sucks. What's he do? What kind of music? I don't know. Wuss rock? Just fucking not for me, dude. This is hippo grunge. Cow punk. Yeah. Um. He's he's just crunk. Yeah. He's just crunk fusion. Crunk fusion. No, I don't know. I'm just, I'm music's so subjective, but like there are those people who are like musician musicians where they're like, mm-hmm. oh, the fucking musicianship of it. And I'm just like, eh, does it have a good melody? Can I get into the vocals and the lyrics? Do I like the beat? Then I'm happy. Yeah. You know? I'm not one of those music, you know what I mean? Like these music, like Jacob Collier is like, so yeah, this is middle C and then actually it's four semitones down from, from G major. And then if you, it's actually what he's doing here is it's a mixolydian. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. But like Superstition by Stevie Wonder is just, it's, it's a nice groove. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I don't know. I don't, I don't experience things this way. You know? I got to tell you, I really agree with you here. Wow. Because I feel like a lot of people sometimes, you know, when you get into like, if you get like into a music community, oh my God. you know what I mean? Sometimes people are like, oh, well, this is really like. Oh, because they did this really cool thing. And it's like, yeah, I just don't like it, the sound of it. Like, I like, did they though? Huh? Or did they just get together and they were just like, this sounds fucking cool. Yeah. They just do what they want to, you know, like I, I, I think it's like, yeah, some people do weird things, but I don't know that it's always conscious that they're doing that. Yeah. It's just like, that's how it plays out. I guess I have no frame of reference for the production and the composition of music. Like, mm-hmm. I guess I didn't really realize how much music is also built modern music especially is like built separately and like you just bring in like bands will just you know obviously you fucking know about the wrecking crew and that all that bullshit whatever they were called all those surf rock guitarists session musicians session musicians yeah jane what's her name she's the bassist for like every fucking la bamba and like every famous song ever carol king carol king wait Maybe. No, Carol Kay. Carol Kay. Carol King is an actress, I think. Carol King was the. I don't remember the songwriter and singer. Yeah, Carol Kay. Yeah. Yes, and but it's like they you just bring in people and then like the actual band doesn't come up with parts and then they like but then they tour and then like they're the ones doing it and then there's like you know and it's like oh wow okay I don't know do I guess I don't really realize if musicians are making these like conscious decisions of like this is a mixolydian scale and I actually, what? Well, oh, it is C major, but then, you know, the reflective minor of C is A minor. So what I did was I took this chord from that and I put it, it's like, are they really doing all that? Like, how much of that is into it? How much of it is just like, hey, this sounds pretty fucking cool. <laughs> this melody sounds neato. 
I can put it with this lyrics. I don't know. I have, I can't do that. It, it, it baffles me how people write songs. Like John Fogarty, I watched a big CCR fan. Should be. I wouldn't say I'm a big CCR fan. I think fan. they're an amazing band. They're American institution. They were bigger than the Beatles for a little bit of time. And did you know they wrote especially in the 1970s those three fucking albums they up. were around Proud Mary came out before the fucking Beatles broke up you piece of shit whatever that down on the bottom or whatever album Proud Mary was on was number one until Abbey Road fucking knocked it off big wheels keep on twining big wheels keep on twining oh my Proud god Mary is it the spirit of Randy Roman. Newman fogarty has got a great voice but, um, kind of an asshole, though. Do you think? I've never heard anybody say he's not an asshole. I don't know. I maybe I only know enough from a surface level, but I kind of look at what happened with CCR, and I'm kind of like, eh. is CCR still CCR without John Fogarty? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in general. Oh, okay. He could be an asshole in general, but yeah. like he got involved with a lot of lawsuits, and he doesn't speak to the band anymore. They yeah. broke up, and then his brother died of AIDS, and they were estranged at that time. It's like, oh, Jesus rough but the reason was because they all wanted more songwriting credits they want to be more involved in the song john did everything he produced all the music he edited it he wrote all the fucking licks and the parts and he like wrote all the songs and it's like wrote some big fucking hit the guy fucking knows what he's doing yeah i don't know jeff lynn did it jeff lynn ELO. Oh, I don't know the members of ELO. He basically was like, I'm buying the entire catalog and fuck all the rest of you. I mean, I guess you could share the love with your, ba- I mean, being in a creative endeavor is always, that's yeah, a really part of me though, is kind of like, yeah, listen, be, being in a creative endeavor with a friend, always a bad idea. Oh boy. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but the difference is we're both like the Ringo stars of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, neither one of us is the star. We're both the forgotten Beatle. Yeah, we're actually the Paul Bests. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, though. Like, this musician. I'm not even the main character of my own life. <laughs> we're, more, we're more the Phil Spectors of uh, podcasting world, but um, I don't know. I music Musicianship is That's right. We've me. murdered people. We have. Mortals. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get what I'm coming from? Yeah. You find composing music to be hard? Yeah, I think, well, it depends on your approach, right? It's like there... You love music, though. I was talking to a friend the other day and found out that she's actually like a musician. Kind of like she has musical talent. Yeah. And can play by ear. That's incredible. Can hear anything and then like pick it out. That always impressed the shit out of me. Yeah. Incredible! I was, like, I was like, "That's amazing," and you know, it's like I think if you have that kind of skill, mm-hmm. like that gets you to a place where you can start. Even if you don't know music theory, you can start thinking about something that sounds good in your head, and then you can figure that out. Like I'm not that smart. I'm not that good. I'm not that talented. I can't do it. I don't know enough about music theory. Like you can approach it from two different ways. Like there's a scientific way to compose music. Oh, yeah. That's why all pop is written with like a very specific chord structure, right? Right. It's the same fucking chords over and over and over and over and over again in different compositions. Yeah. And, you know, you can, 
like music theory will tell you like here's the right way to like make a song yeah but then like you know you can compose anything you want like you don't have to follow the rules so it's like you could probably some of the best loved pieces of music from like popular culture a person who like studies music theory might look at that if you just showed them the like chord progressions and go that's not going to work but it's all about how you build it and create it yeah, and melody can be so unique in the lyrics. There's so many different pieces to a song that like. Yeah, rarely are we ever listening to just one voice go through like a progression of chords or something. Right. It's like it's that layered with other stuff. And I always think it's like people afterwards picking it apart. And I just wonder, it's like, yeah, like, I don't know, even with like Coldplay or something. It's like they really are they just like, yo, this fucking chord sounds dope. I'm going to put it with this. It just sound, like. The feel, like, I always connected with that with music. Music is this interesting, weird world where it's like this total combination of math and, like, pure chaos and, like, feeling. Like, if if painting, like, even, I guess a lot of art can be that way. But, like, I think more so fine art and different pieces of art, it's like, it's more about feeling and stuff. You look at a piece of art, like a Matisse, and you're like, fucking kid could draw that. But it's like, what is it emoting? What's the thing of it? Or even some pieces mm-hmm. of Picasso when he was in Cubismo. It's like, you look yeah. at it and you're like, this is fucking stupid. This doesn't even look like a human's face. But it's like, what is it emote? Whereas music, I think, is the same, but like has a lot more math into it too, where you can approach songwriting and um, composition from a mathematical standpoint and come out with some pe- beautiful pieces of art. But Part of me also wonders, like, it's like, yeah, it's like, how much do people, are they really building based on a structure? Are they like, yo, minor chords sound sad, and I want the song to feel sad. So I'm going to put these minor chords together, and they feel good. Yeah. They sound right, and I did it. Yeah. I think a lot of people get to the place of just like, you you just start playing, Yeah. right? Um, there's a great song actually about how to write a song, which I think is a good advice for any, um, anybody who's like maybe an aspiring songwriter. Yeah. It's a Harry Nilsson song. Oh, really? Uh, although I think at some point I had the misconception that Jimmy Webb wrote the lyrics. You idiot. But apparently Jimmy Webb actually did write a book about songwriting and then like reprinted his lyrics or something. Um, you ever seen that weird animated but, movie that Harry Nilsson did with Ringo Starr? Uh, yes, the point. Yeah, I saw it at the movie theater. Actually, oh, that's right. Anyway, uh, what were you gonna say? But I don't think I think Ringo was the narrator for the television version, right? And I saw the film version, which had a different narrator. And I can't remember who it is, but anyway, I have seen it, and I have the soundtrack. But that's not what I'm talking about. Oh. Here's the advice from that song. Let's hear about it. how to write a song. If you write it on guitar, place your guitar upon your knee. If you write it on piano, don't do that. Place your fingers on the strings of your guitar, not your piano. If you write it on piano, don't do that. Now strum or press together, feeling this might take a little time. Now think of something sad or something funny, which inevitably brings us to the rhyme. Let's assume you're just an asshole and there's nothing in your a brain. It might help if you remember these helpful little hints. Don't try to rhyme silver with anything. 
that goes for orange as well. But notice how cleverly I just used them both, and all I had to do was rhyme well. Thank you. The great, great That's advice. That's amazing. Now we, know how, now we all know how to write a song. You write it on piano. Don't do that. Don't do that. Of course you like troll music. It's, it's love, catchy, too. You love troll music. It's a catchy song. What do you make of this topic, Andy? This is this to me feels it's just so like I'm just like a, ah, I don't <laughs> I I just not that kind of music person where I'm like Yeah. I'm not a Jacob Collier. It doesn't I just I listen to Michelle Branch, dude. It's like that, you know, fucking like that Vanessa Carlton song. I'm just like, yeah, this is a fucking great song. This is a banger. It's a fucking banger, dude. I am making my way downtown. I am. Uh, I agree with you. I don't know if any of the new agey parts of this are even relevant. Uh, I think music I do, does make you feel a certain way. Yeah. I cannot listen to sad music. Like, it will fucking make me sad. Like, I, one of my favorite Bands is Frightened Rabbit. Or at least they were. I have struggled to listen to them. What do you They're do? They're fucking sad. They're a sad fucking band. I can't listen to The National. The National is fucking depressing. I don't want to cry every fucking day. I want to be happy. I actually... For fuck's sake. I lean into it. What? If I'm like feeling sad, I'll listen to like really sad music and just like lean into it. I guess that's... I don't know. I think I go for the opposite. I'm like, I don't want to be sad. I want to be happy. If I want to be happy, I won't listen to it. But sometimes, you but I guess sad. sometimes if you listen, you are sad. You just want to. You, I get it. You do want to hear some fucking sad. Be like, yo, I need to emote. Yeah, life. Why do you have to go and make things so complicated? Uh, the same way they're acting, somebody else makes me fucking frustrated. I'm like, yes, yeah. So I feel inside. I mean, music is like good for like dealing with your emotions. I think. Sometimes somebody else's experience sometimes relates a lot to yours and it shines through in um, the music that they create. Um, And it goes for all, always like happy or sad emotions. I listen to a lot of metal. Punk fuckers know this. Big time metalhead. Bit of a metalhead. Big time metalhead. And, um, but I can only listen to it in certain capacities. I can't listen to metal while I'm driving. Jesus fucking Christ. Crash. You can do that. What, are you going to get aggr- aggressive and steer into something? Ozzy's Boneyard, no thank you. I'm going to fucking... God, he missed a real opportunity to start a barbecue restaurant. <laughs> Ribs and wings, Ozzy's Boneyard. <laughs> Crazy sauce. Gotta get your pork with some crazy sauce. <laughs> they could have had like a little train bring people from the yeah. from the parking lot into the restaurant. <laughs> Crazy train. You'd have the uh, the brisket bark at the moon. <laughs> Every when you're ready to <laughs> when you're like leaving, they, they <laughs> play "Mama, I'm Coming Home." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. This topic though is just it's too. Ooh, a frozen margarita called Blizzard of Oz. Ooh, that's a good one. There we go. And they bite the head off of a bat and they put it in the drink. There's a dead bat's head in the drink. Yeah, sorry, Beefers. We're working on our Ozzy Osbourne restaurant concept now. The podcast is over. Bye-bye.
Um, I don't know. This is just too technical for me. I did. Have you ever done some of the 432 versus 440 stuff? It's funny that you brought that up because I think I have done this before. Or like I've listened to a video where it was like, oh, you know, we t instead of in this key, like you can hear this song in this key in instead. You think you have a preference? <clears throat> I think what I was listening to primarily was like stuff that was tuned to like a minor key. Like instead of a major key. I don't, it's, it's weird, right? When you watch these videos because it's all done electronically. So it has that kind of like electronic feel to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know it. I, I I I tend to agree with you. Like, it does. I don't. Maybe, I was. I maybe I'm I, not perceptive enough. I don't. I think I'm not perceptive either because I thought for sure I was like a one versus the other. Turns out, totally arbitrary. Yeah. I like some four thirty twos and I like some four forties. Yeah. I don't. Doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Yeah. I don't think that it does. I cannot. You can tell maybe a slight difference, but it all depends on the composition. Like. Yeah, 440 is a little bit deeper and more resonant, and then 432 is a little bit brighter. Yeah. A little bit, but not enough that I'm like, if you played it back to me, I could tell the difference. I'm, it's, there's too much happening in a song. You're not listening to a single note. There's too much happening in a song. Yeah. There's the drums and the bass and the singing and the melody. Well, and like you, you brought up before, if the whole thing is 432... Like we're using that as a reference. Yeah. But if 432 is the frequency that we need to like feel good, yeah. then everything has to be an A note or you don't get that benefit. Like we need to be constantly bombarded with the same note uh, or it's not making any sense. Like, And if you do some digging into like these, you know, I, talk, I brought up biurnal beats. Yeah, that shit's all kind of bullshit too. It's like you actually do some scientific fucking like research. A lot of these things where they say like, well, we're putting out this delta wave at this frequency, which is supposed to help with brain waves and sleep. It's like you actually can look up videos of them like measuring it. And it's like they don't even hit the frequencies that they say they do. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but again, it's all placebo. But if you go in knowing that, like if I sit there and I'm like, well, if I turn on some biurnal beats and I play these frequencies, it'll help me focus. It's like, okay. That's the placebo effect. Like I can't write emails and listen to lyrics at the same time. Right. Because then it, I get confused. I hear the lyrics. I start typing the fucking lyrics, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like I'm trying to say like a nice email and then I'm like typing cowboys from hell. Cowboys from hell. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't mean I meant to say thank you. Please let us please let me know if you have any questions. <laughs> I meant to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. I meant to say ranchers from Colorado. <laughs> but um, so then I look at like, you know, these tone tonal music and I'm like, well, this is great. I can listen to this at work, have a little stimulation. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's like with anything, you just be, be realistic about stuff. That's a placebo effect. If you feel like tuning shit in 432 makes you feel better awesome like yeah. I, you know cool. creative music always helps me feel like i listen i throw on if i have to do some design work or something creative i'm throwing on some fucking flaming lips dude mm. i'm gonna fucking have a little space party my brain and all their wacky tones crazy notes and shit yeah wacky jammy kind of silly crazy songs 
makes me feel expressive and creative. Music can totally affect your mood 100%. Not even saying that. Sometimes if I'm trying to do something creative, I'll listen to things like... Uh, Two elephants having sex? Well, I just always have that on. That's like background noise for me. <laughs> um, but, you know, like uh, like old old-timey lyricists... Like like the American songbook. Some of those lyrics are so clever. Yeah. It like really I don't know. Gets the juices flowing. Yeah. Like Cole Porter or something. Yeah. You know? Like it'll it just like I don't know, there's something like snappy about it. There's and, something snappy about it. And then I'll be like, Oh, okay. I'm the I'm lyrics feeling... were really front with that. Yeah. You know? So it was like but like on a surface level. Yeah. And it's like there's some of those things are so clever, it's like it just Yeah. I mean, probably people are going to hear me say this and be like, oh, all the fucking trash shit you write for this podcast that's unclever and not yeah, interesting I mean, at all. Well, so, yeah. well, I didn't say I'm doing a good job of being inspired, right. but I do get inspired, okay? Right. Inspiration does happen. Well, speaking of inspired, maybe we should get inspired to get to some verdicts. What do you think? Yeah, let's get into some verdicts. Man, I'm going to just go plausible minus on this. Okay. Were there um, any nefarious intentions of like setting the standard by the Nazis? I don't fucking know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know that it was super effective if they did it. They fucking lost the war. Yeah. I mean, if they tried to control the masses, uh, they didn't do a very good job. They of it. did a shit fucking job. Like a lot of things, the Nazis fucked up and did a shit job. Um, but I mean, maybe that was the intention. Like maybe they had an agenda and they successfully oh, put it past them. <laughs> they had a lot of agendas. Uh, and they were successful in getting it implemented and that became the standard. But I'm sort of like you are. I don't know how it really affects me day to day. Maybe I am some just like worthless husk of a human being and I'm a, I've got a robot brain and I don't fucking like care for anything and I'm aggressive and angry and yep. sad all the time. And mm -hmm. it's not just because my life is spiraling out of control and I have no ability to influence anything that's happening to me, but maybe it's because of music that I'm listening to. Anyway, plausible minus for me. <laughs> um, wow, kind of crazy verdict from you, Andy. I'm going plausible molecule. Um, wow. Music 100% can affect your mood and change your perception of reality and how you feel and can color a scene of your life, a little vignette of your life. If a beautiful string quartet is playing, something you're having a romantic dinner, oh, versus like, Somebody's playing fucking like, you know, uh, again, like before I forget from Slipknot, you know, while you're trying to have a romantic dinner, it kind of changes the whole scene, you know, so, or, or a screeching awful note on their bad at violin or some bullshit, right? Like, but I think I just, yeah, I agree with you. And also to this idea of like, well, 432 is so important. People were like, were people just living in harmony before then? No. Yeah. People were living horrible, awful lives. Literally not in harmony. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Bunkfunkers here, live hey. in the studio audience. What tuning was that set to? Um, yeah, I, I just, it's like, okay, so then all of a sudden you just discovered that it was 432 and then like, there's, there's an whole argument where they're like, well, you know, the ancients all tuned their instruments to four through two, the ancient Greeks. And I'm like, ancient Greeks weren't fucking a utopia. There was a lot of 
horrible shit happening in ancient Greece. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, but they all felt really good about it. They all felt really great and were in harmony and could heal their wounds. No, they didn't. They lived till they were like 20 years old and they kept slaves and they molested little boys. And they had wars and famine and they tortured people. And they wrote fucking crazy stories about gods who fucked their own moms and like had children and poked their eyes out. What the fuck are you talking about? The ancient, quit. Quit acting like the, the ancients were some fucking perfect civilization. They contributed a lot to society, but I guarantee you it wasn't because of A equals 432 on their stupid pan flutes. Plus, fucking Greek harps. Plus, you have, to, you have to think that the Greeks probably didn't have like music theory in the way that we understand it. No. So they probably weren't using that as a tuning reference. Right. They were just like, the instrument plays the way it plays right like you set it apart to make certain sounds like i'm no expert on this but i'm just guessing it's just like you know new agey stuff it's like you give them an inch and they take a fucking mile it's like (laughs) stay with the inch that's what i'm gonna say yeah with this stuff that's Um, what i keep telling my wife be happy with the inch be happy with an inch (laughs) could be worse we have an inch. Um, Bunkfuckers, those are our verdicts on this topic. Let us know what you think. Email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at mrbunkerpod. If you feel so inclined, you have the means to do so. Join us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash mrbunkerpod. Get access to an extra episode every single month and live streams. Very fun. Lots of gaming going on. I don't know when this episode will come out, but we did a spooky game stream for October and we might do more. I don't know. I don't like scary games and I don't like being scared. And I think based on when this episode comes out, who knows? I might've been very scared or I might've been okay with it. Yeah. We'll see. That's one thing that you need to know about art. Bunk Funkers. Art's a little piss baby and he pees I his pants. Baby and I did piss my pants. Well, luckily I wear adult diapers. Do I wear adult diapers? Depends. Been watching the new season of Survivor on CBS. Uh, so I, I watch it live and I have to watch TV commercials. <laughs> this is going somewhere. I have to watch TV commercials. And a frequent one that's been coming up a lot is a adult, like a, like an adult. What's it called when you piss your pants uncontrollably? Incontinent? Incontinence, yeah. Um, device that is a, uh, it's basically a large dildo that collects pee. Um, and it's aimed at like, you know, uh, older women. It's a style, I guess, of catheter. This is how you would describe the device. Collects urine, and it's. Um, but it looks like a dildo. Oh yeah, is that like how it attaches? You just stick it in the vagina. I believe so. And then like a cup goes around the. There's tubes, huh? And it collects in a cup. And yeah. I think there's some suction involved that helps collect the pee. What's it called? Dildo piss collector. <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up. Anyway, um, (laughs) I have one of those and I used it on that stream. That's what I meant to say. Andy, well, hey, what's the hashtag? Fuck. I guess guess I've been listening to too much 440 hertz. Yeah. I need a little 432 to stimulate the brain. I mean, hertz, don't it? Uh, I guess I'll take uh, uh, Hippo Rock. What was it? Hippo Grunge. Hippo Grunge. You like that one, huh? I liked a lot of those. 
Well, you're a big fan Great of job. hippo grunge. You're you're a big fan of hippo grunge. I do love hippo grunge. It's a good 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 style of music from the '90s. Hippo grunge. Um, Andy, anything else you want to say about music? No, nothing else I want to say about music. Well, I guess maybe that. Uh, I don't know what I want to say. Anything about you music. want someone to go listen to that you don't think people listen to? Um. Do go listen to that song I referenced, the "How to Write a Song" by Harry Nilsson, uh, because I think you'll have a good time listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Love Harry Nilsson. Everybody, Beach uh, Boys. Go listen to the Beach Boys. Love. Talk about talk about a band that gets round round dissected around. for the music theory choices they make. I That's actually, true. Pet sounds. I actually read a very good book um, by a music professor. Uh, about the like the music of Brian Wilson. At least that shit's halfway listenable, though. As opposed to Jacob Collier. I listen. You got if you, <laughs> anyone out there has a Jacob Collier song that I should give a chance? Let me try. I'm not trying to shit on the guy. He's fucking way more talented than I am. Right. It's just not for me. Yeah. Which I think is fair. We had a lot of discussion this week in the the Discord. A lot of the a lot of the proud patrons, beloved right. bunk funkers. Right. They fucking hate the Beatles. Yeah. I don't share that opinion. I don't either. I was too too afraid to say anything. I was because I thought I would become a pariah in my own Discord. Yeah, but I I don't agree. But you forget that you have the power to ban. That's right. Anybody who says a bad word about the Beatles, you're fucking banned. <laughs> <laughs> and if you say a bad word about the Beach Boys, you're banned permanently. Oh, you say something about the Beach Boys, you're going to time I'm out. Coming, I'm coming hot. No, but there's a lot of things in the Beach Boys uh, catalog where it's just like what you were talking about, Art. Where it's like. There's a logical sort of progression from a music theory standpoint. And then they do something weird. And it's like, it's an interesting mixture because they were young people. They were inexperienced. So it's like they were, they had a lot of trauma. They were trying to um, also be popular, like yeah. literally seeking fame. Right. Rather than trying to try capitalize to... on trends. Yeah. So there's like a song um, from, um, I think the Shutdown Volume 2 album. Um, which is called, um, uh, oh boy. Called oh boy. No, mm. I'm trying to remember it. Okay. I'm trying to use, I'm rubbing my finger, are, my thumb on my, you are. my like index two, fingers two and middle fingers trying to like bring it into, into uh no go showboat. That's the name. No of it. go showboat. Yeah. Where it's about, it's about like a fancy car that doesn't perform well at the track, which is like a pretty lame fucking like. I mean, from my perspective, it's <laughs> so fucking lame. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about these lyrics. Like, I don't give a shit about the no go showboat. But like, if you listen to the music, like you really go on a journey through this song, like yeah. where it's like it just it like peaks. And I mean, it's it's interesting. And it's the same thing with like um, uh, I get around. Right. You know, Mike like, Love wrote that one, right? Who, who put the lyrics to that one? That was somebody or was help me Rhonda. Somebody pushed a song on the album that Wilson didn't want that ended up actually being a hit, right? Well, I don't know what you're referencing. Fuck. Never mind. Probably. Anyway. But anyway, all summer long, first metal album. I, I, give it a I, I used to be like, oh, but I think maybe I disagree with you. But we'll talk about it. Uh, Bunk Funkers, uh, that was our show for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my doty. Wow. Co-host. Any hard on March? Don't say that was the whole enchilada. 
Ming 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 yummy. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.